I think one, you just have to be more aware of those things, but just so the awareness, the frustration, the frustration I think leads to action. And then saying to yourself, it's a bit of a creative challenge. Okay, what are some creative workarounds I can figure out here? How can I do this in a creative way? I'm a big believer that constraints fuel creativity. So if you look at it as a constraint, then how can I find a creative solution here? So that, I think that's a way to work through the frustration. There has to be a more creative way. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. I've posted a few rather assertive monologues lately about how in a world where environmental issues are front page news on a weekly basis or more, and everyone sees the pollution around them and that they create, the goal of awareness often delays action. Action creates awareness much more than awareness creates action. In today's world where everyone is hit over the head with awareness on environmental issues, claiming to seek awareness is a delay tactic. Beth shows personal leadership, especially accountability, responsibility, openness, and honesty, in revealing that someone who is plenty aware when she chooses to act reaches whole new levels of awareness. Action leads to awareness. I believe that most people delay action because they anticipate how much awareness of themselves they know that action will create. They realize they could have changed long before and they'll feel bad about it. So Beth got hit over the head with how much more she depends on plastic than she expected. Unlike most people, instead of giving up, she sees the opportunity to grow and to live by her values that she thought she was but wasn't. The root out of feeling bad is to face and overcome the internal conflict creating those feelings. It's not other people or the world that creates internal conflict. It's valuing one thing while doing another. Few people face such challenges. Fewer still among renowned leaders, and fewer still publicly, and fewer still keep at it and find ways to use the challenge to recharge them. That's what Beth does, as you'll hear. So let's hear how Beth shows personal environmental leadership beyond what I believe you'll hear from nearly anybody else. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodak. I'm here with Beth Comstock. Beth, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing, Joshua? I'm very good. And I'm at the edge of my seat because the challenge that you took on was some people might think, oh, that's easy. But I think a lot of people, certainly me, think, I bet it's got challenges that you didn't expect when you said it. And I'm really curious. Can you remind us what your challenge was? And then I'd love to hear how it went. Well, my challenge was to um, see how I could take plastics out of my life this week. And um, it was really hard because I'd already given myself this commitment earlier in the year. I, I've gotten associated with the National Geographic uh, as, a, as a, a, one of their trustees, and I've been really passionate about their Planet or Plastics initiative. And I think the, the attention they've drawn to it. So it's really been top of mind. And I, as, a, as somebody who's very passionate about the environment uh, as well. So I'd already taken some steps myself to 
figure out how do I just the way I live, how do I get rid of plastic? But this week, just reframe my thinking on it again, because I, I, you know, you sort of get into habits and I just realized how hard it is. It's very rare that I'll drink water out of a plastic bottle, but I do, I live in a city. I get, I get takeout from time to time. I'm on the go when I travel and you just realize how hard it is to get anything that's not packaged if you're on the go. And so the listeners know it's also, it's in two days, it's Christmas and there's like gifts and things. I imagine that probably threw a monkey wrench in too. It did. But I mean, it was just, it was exactly, I mean, I, I'm good about not taking plastic bags. I take tote bags, but you're right. Holiday shopping meant I had to often grab an extra bag. Mostly I found for me, it was more when I was eating on the run or grabbing things more, more really around sort of, you know, packaging, the packaging that things come in just sort of the consumables of life, I guess is how I'd say. So I'd like to tell you I was immensely successful. I made some progress, but I'm actually kind of stumped. I don't know. I got to really think about how I um, how I keep going on this because some of it is just a fact of life. You go to the drugstore and your aspirin comes in a plastic bottle. So I don't know. I'm curious how, how you think about this, but I feel like I had done maybe some of the easy stuff and now it gets a bit harder. So there's a couple things that I found work, but before getting into that, I, I want to bounce an idea off of you that I've been saying a lot lately. A lot of people put off acting and they say they want to raise their awareness first, or they want to raise awareness of other people. And something that I'm finding is that I believe that as much as they think awareness leads to action, I think it's much more that action leads to awareness and that this challenge of yours probably raised your awareness by trying to do something about it much more than would have happened had you not, had you just planned, but not actually done it. Yeah, I think that's right. I absolutely think that's right. I think to give you, I think, so I think it's smart that you give people challenges. I, I like challenges just for behavior change as well. I talked about it in my book, sort of personal challenges. And so I think you're really onto something because it is, unless you do it, how do you know? And, but now every uh, purchase I make, every interaction I have, I'm thinking, what do I do about the plastic I'm using, you know, shaving my legs. I use my razor over and over, but it's a plastic handle. Okay, I've had it for years, but still it's plastic. Well, you know, the soap that my, I refill the soap in my sink, but hey, it's a plastic jar that I'm refilling it in. So you just start to think about these things. And so I am aware, and now I'm kind of at the stage where it's like, okay, what do I do about some of these things? Because it is system change, right? I mean, as one person, there's only so much we can do. Uh, I think we can demand it from our the places where we do business, where we where we consume things. I think we can start demanding it. We can work with manufacturers and consumer goods companies, but it's going to take a lot of us doing that to make change happen. It's really easy if people don't start doing the change themselves. It's really easy for the consumer products, goods companies to say, well, look at what people are buying. And if people buy it, then they say, well, that's what they're making. And it's very easy for both parties to say, well, if the other one acts, then I will. But one thing I'm trying to do is to get individuals to do it. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not reading emotions you don't like. I feel I'm reading that you're challenged and you're surprised, but not that you regret this or that you wish you hadn't done this? No, I, I'm frustrated that I don't know what to do about it, but I'm makes me more committed to kind of, I, I love a good challenge, but it, you know, you feel bad. I mean, you know, I mean, things like, okay, if I get takeout, 
you know, I'm not going to take a plastic spoon and a fork. You know, you're pacing, running through the airport. You got to do what you got to do, right? Or not, right? I mean, I think some of it is thinking ahead and say, you know, okay, I'm not going to put myself in that position. That that convenience is actually not that convenient in the long run. So is that really, uh, you know, is that really a convenience that I could work around? I think that's some of what I have to, you have to just start thinking ahead on, on these things. Yeah. And if you don't act, that time you walk through the airport and you're like, oh, I don't have a choice. I got to do this. Okay. So I think people, some people say, this is too hard to give up. I don't hear you saying that. I think the leaders that I have on the show that have a track record of success in leading others in themselves, they say, oh, let's learn from this. What can I do next time? So one of the big perspectives that I have is that all of this environmental, I look at environmental behaviors, skills that you learn and like any other skills and you have to practice. And so I always fall back on like learning to play piano. You, you start with scales and no one plays scales perfect the first time. You know, your thumb is going to hit harder than your pinky and you're not going to get the timing right. And you can tell a first timer playing scales from Vladimir Horowitz playing scales. But with each time you do it, you learn a little bit more of what you didn't know before and you become more aware and you become more skilled. And it's, as far as I know, it's the only way to learn is to practice. And the first bunch of times you always get it wrong. I mean, I don't know any way around it. And that's, I don't know if that's a glory of it or it's a tragedy of it, but it's a property of it. And you're playing your scales. Yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to think about it. But it definitely this week renewed my focus on it, and you know, re- made me realize just as what you were saying earlier, just how much harder each successive step is. But because I'm aware, I, I think it's just a, a creative challenge in some ways. So I've got I've got some work to do for myself to figure out how I work around some of these challenges. So I'm curious. Also, we're talking about the what, and we're touching on the emotions behind it. Can you say a bit more about how does it feel? Well, I mean, on one hand, it feels frustrating because there are things, you know, take plastic, you know, it's not good. And especially the, just the disposability of things. And once it's out of our sight, we don't think about where it ends up until you see those horrible pictures. Like again, National Geographic has been so good, especially this year, showing us some of those photos and other, other journalists. So when you see those photos, you start to make a connection, but most of us don't know where our, our trash goes. And how a lot of it ends up in the bottom of the ocean or floating on the ocean or something. So I think one, you just have to be more aware of those things. But just so the awareness, the frustration, the frustration, I think, leads to action. And then saying to yourself, it's a bit of a creative challenge. Okay, what are some creative workarounds I can figure out here? How can I do this in a creative way? I'm a big believer that constraints fuel creativity. So if you look at it as a constraint then how can I find a creative solution here? So that, I think that's a way to work through the frustration. There has to be a more creative way. So perhaps it brings out um, the innovator uh, in, in each of us when we think about it that way. Sounds like someone who might have written a book on imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and create an innovation, exactly. So I don't know. That's the process I go through. But I think all those, all those emotions are real. We feel them. You feel frustrated. What can I do? And you also like, sometimes you just, you know, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat with a plastic fork, but next time I'm not going to do that. Uh, And I'm not going to beat myself up. I could have done better. I should have, you know, all that, you you start to get in these cycles. You just have to do the best you can and keep working toward it. To me, behavior change, it's like, it's like a diet. It's like, it's innovation. 
these things, you just, you go back and you try it again. You keep going back different ways uh, and, and return to it. And I think that's what you've raised here. Certainly the way I thought about it this week and kind of taking on a, a challenge around plastics. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. I'm also listening to what you're saying and thinking about GE with the PCBs. I don't know if you know, I swam across the Hudson River. And to this day, when I mention that, a lot of people, one of the first reactions is PCBs. Certainly if you live in New York, yeah. Do you wish, would this have been helpful for you have done this exercise before then? Or do they relate to each other in any way? Because that was a big challenge for you in a, in a corporate sense and a major global, you're under the microscope there. Yeah, well, I mean, in my time, we launched Eco Imagination, which was our attempt to um, go to a more clean tech future. We talked about that before. And part of that created a whole series of challenges we gave ourselves in, in, as a company, challenges to invest more in technology that had an outcome that was ecological, challenges of employees to reduce waste. So so that's very relatable. Everyone had to make it personal. It wasn't like you could just say to some big monolithic company, you know, well, the company's going to do it. You have to stop and go, we're part of the company. So I think that's, that, that, as you say that, that's what makes me think about it. Do you think, because part of the reason I ask is that as I'm working increasingly with corporations, I, I believe from my side that the more that people take on personal challenges like this, that the skills that they learn doing something personal will transform into skills that they can, or not, um, will apply as things that they can do at a corporate level. I've seen that happen with a couple of my clients and I'm curious your perspective. Would these be useful exercises for a corporation that has a sustainability team? Would it be useful for them to do things like this? I do. And I think the other thing that is, I found helpful, uh, and we, we, when I worked on the eco effort um, at GE, I mean, we had something we called treasure hunts that were really kind of a gamification where people would go around their workplace looking for, quote, treasure, which was just ecological impact opportunities and tally them up. And we did it and passed it on to customers. So I think there's a gamification aspect to it as well, where, you know, teams get into it and one team wants to, you know, kind of beat the other in a very good natured way, but it, it, it continues to have people level up their efforts. So, so yeah, I think giving challenges and giving it in team levels is really helpful in companies. I appreciate you helping me with my market research. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Another but no, big... thanks for the challenge that you gave me. I, I it really, um, it was a good renewal for me this, this, this week to take it on. Well, I was going to close with, I have a, one more question I want to ask, but I'll say this now also that I give you an open invitation. It sounds like you're going to keep up with this and I'm curious what will happen in the next week or the next month or the next few months. And, and if you're willing to come back and share how things have gone after this, I'd love to have to bring that to the listeners. Sure. And another question that often comes up is, or an issue that comes up when people take on big challenges is relationships with other people. And I wonder if this affected people around you, people you work with, people with family or friends, did it affect your relationships at all? The, this past week? Yeah. Avoiding plastic. Cause maybe you're at lunch with someone and you're trying to avoid it, yeah, something. You know, and- I mean, I have to think about that. I mean, I certainly think my interactions with people, no, I don't need that. No, I don't, I won't take a straw. 
you know, I, I certainly think people would have seen new behavior for me. You know, my husband and I have been trying to do this already. So I think he would have seen this renewed effort for me again and became a good conversation point. Um, so sure, I think you, you model change and other people, other people observe you doing it and they see your sincerity. I, I think that's all very positive. Oh, because I'm glad to hear that because a lot of people come back and say there was, you know, maybe if they go for a month without meat and then it's the holidays and mom cooks a mistake. And now there's like this friction or they have to figure that out. Usually it works out that it's, they, well, the people on this show tend to be people who have, have solved issues like that in the past in some way. And so they say, you know, I figured out how to make it work. And usually it strengthens the relationship, but not always. But it doesn't sound like you hit hurdles like that where there's a conflict. I, I didn't this week. I mean, I could see that happening in, in certain situations. You know, you go to someone else's house and they're not looking at it the same way you are. So that just didn't happen to me this week. But I, I certainly could see what you're saying. I, I think that's a really valid point. And you have to have a bit of, of you know, some talking points and think ahead. Okay, I'm going to go to someone's house. They're going to have plastic cups. What do I do? Do I bring my own glass? Do I bring my own bottle? Probably. I mean, maybe that's what you do. You know, you think ahead that way. So you don't have to make a big scene out of it. You just show up and you go, I've got my own cup. Thanks. So I think those are the things that, uh, back to the constraints discussion, think ahead and how will you react to those situations? And something that has worked for me is to iterate because the first time I think of what I can, but that, you know, something's always going to happen that I couldn't predict. And then I learn from that. And, then learn and from not the beat time. yourself up. I mean, you know, it's, it's like a diet just because I, I did this doesn't mean I can't go back to doing it and, you know, and go back to my goals. So I think that's also part of it. Yeah. I think there's a big overlap in, from a leadership perspective between how we behave environmentally, how we behave with respect to our own bodies, how we, it's kind of like where we put our garbage. Some of it is in our mouths and some of it is on the streets and the oceans. Well, it sounds like we're going to have you again. So let's pick up again later. To wrap up, is there anything I didn't think to ask that's worth bringing up or anything you want to say directly to listeners from the, based on your experience? No, I mean, I think you got to give yourself these challenges. We're united in that. I think all behavior change starts with kind of the change you can make. And especially with the environment, it feels daunting. It's like a whole system and what can one person do? Um, but one person can do a lot and, you know, challenge yourself and see. And when you do it, other people observe what you do. There was an article I read this week. I forget the name of the island, um, but it was, uh, it was an island that's being overtaken by um, climate change. And it, it was an island of like 500 people. And they, they had sort of taken all, you know, had, had um, gotten rid of a lot of their forests and stuff. And they were just having really hard time with climate change. And over the course of a decade, they have replanted uh, their forests and managed to really control the climate around them in a way that they never thought possible. And I just thought that was so encouraging to think that some very small town, a group of people can kind of affect the climate. And so I think for all of us, we feel overwhelmed, but that's how change starts. It's kind of one person at a time and the, it's the only world we got. So I think it's really important that we think what, what can we each do to affect change? I can't really add to that. I think let's close on that. And thank you very much, Beth. Thanks, Josh. Good to talk to you. Beth highlights what's missing from environmental leadership, among other things as well. Living consistently with the ideals that they espouse and recommend to others. People disengage from leaders who say one thing but don't practice it. And opponents attack that discrepancy 
and they feel like they've checkmated people who don't live by their values. Such leaders may consider themselves right, but they lose the ability to influence, particularly the people who disagree with them. Those are the people they want to influence the most. Beth's challenge is hard in today's world, but she's taking it on publicly, accountably, and responsibly. Notice how she called it a creative challenge. How does that sound? It sounds interesting. It sounds intriguing. It sounds like something she wants to do. I don't know how she'll do, and I look forward to hearing in three months, but she's already got me reducing my use, which was already pretty low. So if you want awareness, act. Everybody knows something that they can do. The more that you act, the more you'll become aware and the more you'll want to act. The more people will follow you and the more you'll enjoy it. inspired to? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.